Welcome, this is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 228 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. And in our episode today is an update on the fast-moving Russia sanctions and export controls. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me today. Um, our hearts and thoughts go out to uh, the horrific situation in Ukraine. Uh, just a terrible situation, a uh, humanitarian crisis. And uh, we are going to focus a little bit more today on the Russia sanctions because it's a fast-moving target. And uh, I I wanted to sort of catch up with what's occurred almost within the last week. Uh, Clearly, this has presented real compliance and due diligence uh, costs for everyone. Uh, A lot of companies are sort of responding by, uh, and we see this in the news all the time, major companies pulling out of Russia and discontinuing business. Uh, Some are not, though, and trying to navigate the set of sanctions and export controls is quite difficult. Uh, And you can imagine in our practice, we are dealing with a lot of our clients and new clients with regard to navigating this, this sort of new setup. So... Um, but let's take a look at what happened uh, this past week. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's clear that uh, sanctions are ratcheting up and ratcheting up as, uh, as uh, Putin uh, and the Russians uh, continue with their aggressive uh, invasion and horrific treatment of the uh, Ukrainian uh, country and population. So uh, probably the most significant uh, uh, recent action was the... Uh, President Biden announced a prohibition on the import of all uh, oil and gas and coal. And uh, the United States relies on Russian oil for approximately 8% of its needs. Um, But simultaneously, the UK, uh, Boris Johnson being the prime minister, announced it will reduce oil and gas imports from Russia over the next nine months. The UK relies on Russian oil and gas imports for about 18% of its energy needs. Germany and other countries in the EU uh, have uh, said they are not going to do that because of their dependence. Uh, Some estimate as much as 40% of their energy needs come from Russia. So this is the latest action and another step. uh, And I mentioned before that global companies withdrawing from Russia so far Some of the big ones are BP, uh, Shell, Visa, MasterCard, McDonald's, Coca-Cola have all announced their intention to withdraw. So this action was uh, put out and executed through uh, an executive order, which expand the scope of the national emergency declared in uh, Executive Order 14024 which was the original one uh, that was issued in April of 2021. So now Section 1 of the new executive order prohibits the importation from Russia of, quote, crude oil, petroleum, petroleum fuels, oils, and products of their distillation, liquefied natural gas, coal, and coal products. The scope of the prohibition, however, extends to, quote, new investment, and we'll get into definitions of this, in the energy sector in Russia, and any approval, financing, facilitation, or guarantee by a United States person. 
So some of the important definitions to remember here, remember the definition for sanctions purposes of a U.S. person. Uh, it means any U.S. citizen, lawful permanent resident, entity under organized under the laws of the United States or any jurisdiction within the United States, including foreign branches or any person, even if it's a, a, a foreign national, uh, that happens to be within the, the United States uh, border. Uh, the Treasury Department's uh, OFAC issued a new general license, 16, uh, under this uh, under the Russia Harmful Action Sanctions Program um, and authorizing transactions where there was uh, a contract before March 8th, 2022, and uh, you're allowed to execute that contract up to the deadline, which is April 22nd, 2022. So again, remember this uh, This order prohibits the importation of the products, new investment in the energy sector, and any approval, financing, facilitation, or guarantee by a U.S. person of a transaction by a foreign person where the transaction by the foreign person would be prohibited. Um, so uh, it's, it's important, though, to remember that this only applies to imports of crude oil, petroleum, petroleum fuels, oils, and products of their distillation, LNG, and coal and coal products. And these are products of Russian uh, origin. Other products are not prohibited, uh, and uh, OFAC has tried to make that clear in their frequently asked uh, questions. And remember the deadline of contracts that are executed before March 8th, 2022, but then have to be uh, completed. The transaction has to be completed by uh, April 22nd, uh, 2022. Now, they did invite the, the applications for licenses where, let's say, you can't meet that deadline, and it's uh, shortly after that for April 22nd. So they may issue a specific license on a case-by-case -case basis. Now, there still is, and remember, General License 8A, which authorized uh, certain transactions. This was in the initial set of sanctions, uh, certain uh, re transactions related to energy. Uh, and that remains in effect uh, as well. And energy is broader, obviously, than the products here. They're relating to energy. Uh, so there obviously are continuation of certain products uh, and certain transactions that are not covered with uh, uh, by the uh, import prohibition. Um, there's a couple of definitions that are good to look at. What does a Russian, Russian Federation origin product mean? And that means goods produced, manufactured, extracted, or processed in the Russian Federation, excluding any Russian Federation origin good, and this is the important part, that has been incorporated and or substantially transformed into a foreign-made product. So, for example, let's say uh, some oil is then transformed, Russian-based origin, into, I don't know, let's say a refined product of some sort, and there's a substantial transformation in it into a foreign-made product, let's say, in another part of the world, that product would not be prohibited. And new investment in the energy sector in the Russian Federation means a transaction that uh, constitutes a commitment or contribution of funds or other assets or a loan or other extension of credit to. 
new energy sector activities, not including maintenance or repair. So maintenance or repair services could continue. And these would have to have, again, begun uh, on or after March 8th, 2022. So um, remember, uh, again, the, the definitions are, are important here. Um, and it's important to sort of work through those definitions as you're going uh, through the specific, let's say, transactions that you may be uh, involved in. Now, um, besides, uh, besides this new rule that came out earlier in the week, uh, there was uh, an announcement from BIS where BIS imposed new export controls on Russia's oil refinery sector and added 91 entities to the entity list for supporting Russian security efforts. Uh, and they were building on a string of trade, restruction, uh, stra- trade restrictions that they had already announced, uh, trying to cut off uh, Russia from importing goods to support and fund its military. Now, the r- new restrictions, which, uh, which took effect on March 3rd, though, Uh, included more stringent license requirements for exports of certain items subject to the EAR, the Export Administration Regulations, uh, on a range of oil refinery equipment, extraction equipment, and other items that may be used in Russia's energy sector. Uh, The new entity list additions, the 91, uh, included most of them were in Russia, Uh, But there were some that were actually in Belize, Estonia, Kazakhstan, Latvia, Malta, Singapore, Slovakia, Spain, and even the uh, UK. Um, And so this was meant to get at Russia's ability to get energy equipment for its refinery business. Uh, And uh, it's worth taking a look at that because usually BIS had, you know, obviously in combination with OFAC had prevented uh, equipment that could be used for deep water, Arctic, offshore, or shale projects, which is part of the Russia, the Ukraine, uh, Crimea, Russian sanctions program, uh, which began in 2014 against uh, and involved uh, oil companies. Well, now the restrictions uh, on the licensing requirements have in, been include been broadened to include these uh, oil refining equipment. Um, uh, prohibitions and there, there are a number of them and it's worth taking a look at obviously if you, particularly if you're uh, in, uh, involved in the industry so this was a big deal from BIS uh, we and I, I had flagged it earlier on because of the uh, impact it could have on oil refiner uh, oil refining business uh, as, as well now uh, Also, what happened last week was we had the UK and the EU added another wave of individuals to their Russia sanctions regime, and these included some high-profile announcements. Uh, Roman uh, Abramovich, the owner of the Chelsea Football Club, uh, was listed uh, eventually as a prohibited and had his assets seized in the UK. The U.S. has not taken any action with regard to Abramowicz, a high-profile oligarch who has a close relationship with Russian President uh, uh, Putin. Um, And so uh, along with his um, uh, listing, 
the UK also uh, prohibited um, or issued a general license uh, authorizing payment allowances and pensions of all club employees until May 31st because of his ownership of the soccer club, uh, the Chelsea club, uh, the Chelsea football club, and which is a big deal. Other uh, UK additions included Igor Sechin, the CEO of Rosneft, Oleg Deripaska. Now, these are all prohibited persons under the U.S. regime. Uh, uh, Dmitry Lebedev, uh, Bank Rosoya, board chairman, Alexei Miller, Gazprom CEO, and Andre Kostin, VTB Bank president. The EU added 14 oligarchs and prominent business people and 146 members of the Russian Federation Council to its Russia sanctions uh, regime. So those uh, those were kind of uh, uh, large announcements, and apparently the U.S. plans to match the members of the Russian Federation Council to its own Russian sanctions regime, and we should see an announcement on that sh- uh, shortly. Um, later on, pri- uh, at the end of the week, uh, the president issued an executive order banning exports of luxury goods headed to Russian residents, including jewelry, high-end alcohol, high-end watches, um, and uh, apparently Russians import about $550 million each year of these luxury items. He also, uh, the president announced new banking-related and financing restrictions, uh, as well as blocking sanctions um, uh, against members of the legislature uh, to, and uh, at least the members of the legislature who uh, took actions to recognize parts of Ukraine as independent republics, that being the uh, Donetsk and the uh, uh, Lucan. Um, so those, uh, those new blocking designations should be executed uh, shortly. But again... Uh, the high-end sort of products now uh, are subject to uh, that restriction, um, and there is uh, there's a general license that goes along with that uh, as well in response to the uh, invasion of Ukraine. So, uh, well, that's kind of a good summary of where we are right now. I expect more to happen next week. Uh, obviously, this is a fast-moving uh, a fast-moving area, and it's important to uh, keep watching uh, for more actions. Um, and we'll see what happens because, uh, obviously, there's talk about uh, removing, for example, and I think uh, this just occurred even right before I recorded this, was uh, taking steps to re- uh, remove Russia's uh, most favored trade nation um, most favored nation status under uh, trade rules. So that should have an impact as well. Again, a lot of people say that these, uh, you know, the, we got to wait and see how the sanctions impact in terms of how they, uh, what impact they're actually going to have and that it takes time for that. Uh, we've already seen, at least from our client's perspective, the impact it's having. Uh, We've also seen a lot of financial entities and institutions sort of uh, withdrawing uh, as well. We just saw Western Union, PayPal, uh, and some others who have uh, announced they are not going to deal anymore uh, in Russia. So we'll we'll keep monitoring the situation and uh, stay safe, stay healthy. Uh, Let's keep our thoughts and prayers and support for the Ukrainian people. 
Uh, and we'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkov Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. You can learn more about the legal and compliance services we offer at our website, www.volkovlaw.com. You can also follow our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact Michael Volkov at his email address, mvolkov at volkovlaw.com.